Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. This show is designed to help small business owners, salespeople, and aspiring entrepreneurs master every aspect of business success. We've got a great lineup of guests and topics scheduled for you. We'll be talking about everything from sales to employee issues, from technology to social media, from work-life balance to exploring uncharted territory. Participation is welcome and encouraged. Your host, Diane Helbig, is a world-class author, speaker, and business development coach. Be sure to check out her latest book, Lemonade Stand Selling, on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And now, on with the show. Well, hello, everyone, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that uh, the weather is treating you well. Uh, We've had a number of uh, thunderstorms around here, which my dog hates. So uh, I like them, but the dog doesn't. Uh, So hopefully it is dry and sunny and you are enjoying uh, the summertime. As we said, we welcome your participation. So if you're in the chat room and you have something to share or a question to ask, please type it in and I will share it with our guests. If you're on the phone, you can press 1 and that will let me know that you have something to share. I only ask that you keep it short because we have an awful lot of information to get to you and I want to make sure that we give our guests plenty of time to get that done. Today's show is sponsored by the Family Business Forum. The Family Business Forum is a group coaching program for family business leaders and upcoming generations. Visit www.familybizforum.com to learn more. My guest today is Mary Carol Powers. Mary Carroll is known by brands big and small for her ability to to strategically double bottom lines and instantly triple profit potential. With years of experience in some of the world's largest and most prestigious advertising creative departments, Mary Carroll has successfully and responsibly stewarded both national and international brands and brand leaders with deep insight, creative vision, and a socially responsible outlook. Welcome to the show, Mary Carroll. Well, thank you. It is so great to have you here. I love this concept, so I am really excited to talk about it, and I am going to dive right in and ask you to please explain to my listeners exactly what is double bottom line branding. Thank you very much. Um, Double bottom line branding, to start with, is one of my favorite subjects in the world, And it is a lot what it sounds like, although it's a very, very new concept in branding. In fact, it's a proprietary process. What we do is we go into any given business, which already has a single bottom line, because all businesses, have we all have our bottom line, right? We have to make so much money to keep our doors open, to keep our bills paid, and all of that. So our first business line, our business bottom line is always financial. And then we double that bottom line, meaning we bring in a second bottom line, which is how a business can measure its success in terms of the positive social impact that it makes in the world. So suddenly a business is no longer just measured by how much money it makes. It's also measured by the amount of good that it does in the world. And for years this was considered a kind of a give-back thing before it became a second bottom line. It was how your company could be socially responsible. But now, given the huge shift that the economy has gone through over the past few years, this is actually a way to make profit. Businesses can now profit 
themselves by profiting the people in their communities in their world and it's a really this double bottom line i don't look at it like a parallel two parallel lines it's almost like um, a figure eight loop where one bottom line feeds the other which then turns around and feeds the other which then turns around and feeds the other so it's really doubling the way that your business is measured both by financial good and by social good and how each of those can um, create sales build communities and um, really expand your offerings Wow, that's really interesting. So if I'm hearing that right, when you – so having an initial bottom line gives you uh, the where, the financial wherewithal to be able to have a social impact bottom line, which then helps increase your revenues and profits so that it feeds back and they just keep feeding each other? Exactly. This is why it's not a give-back model. It's a make-profit-by-doing-good model. Um, And I'm happy to give you an example if that's helpful. That would be great. That would be great. So one example I love to use because most people, all, all, you know, many, many people have heard of it, is Tom's Shoes. Yes. So Tom's Shoes has something which they've actually trademarked called One for One. But the way they opened their doors was, and the story is very interesting, but the way they opened their doors for profit was if you buy a pair of shoes, we donate a pair of shoes to a child in need. So the minute you as a consumer makes a purchase, something positive happens in the world. Now that, people were not really buying those shoes when they first came out for their looks. I absolutely love Tom's, but they were modeled after a very modest community in a third world country. They're not fashion-driven shoes. Yet, because these shoes came with a positive social impact, they have been selling like hotcakes for years. Tom's success is just like in the millions. They've sold millions and millions of dollars worth of shoes. And they've now expanded into more fashionable shoes. But really what they did was tap into one of the largest buying trends on the planet, which is conscious consumerism. They gave the consumer a reason to buy other than a need to purchase. They allowed them to help someone else in the world. And this is what the second bottom line, how that came in and fed the first bottom line. So they kept growing and growing, so now they can offer more kinds of shoes. And now they're actually doing a one-for-one with eyeglasses and giving those out to people in need. So they're growing and expanding, and they're doing more and more good. And if you go to Tom's site, they don't say how many pairs of shoes they sold. The first thing you see is X amount of shoes given away. They are so excited by the positive impact, that's how they measure their company. And yet, they are one of the biggest success stories in our modern world. Isn't that now? Did you say that's how they started? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Tom Shoes started on that business model, and it was an entrepreneur who was traveling. Without getting too much into it, he saw a need in the world, and decided to come back and create a company around that need. So, while to you and I, and those of us who live in a much more fortunate situation, a pair of shoes is a pair of shoes. In a third world country, children were actually dying before they reached adulthood because they were getting parasites in their bodies through their feet yeah. because they didn't have shoes. So it's actually a huge impact what they did. It actually saved lives, even though it was as simple as buying a pair of shoes. This is really incredible. So now, okay, you said uh, conscious consumerism. So is that a business trend? I feel like I should know the answer to this, and I don't. But but is is this what he was? building his business around, and if so, 
can you explain more what that really is? And when did that come into being? Have we always had that and it's just more prevalent now? I know I'm throwing a whole bunch of questions at you, but yeah, pick one. No, that's okay. So conscious consumerism is actually uh, um, kind of a, a term that Branding Bowers has coined, but this business trend is global. And so what I want to talk about is, is the trend that that language represents. Great. Because what Tom's did, as I said, is he just went out and saw a need. And he found a way to fulfill that need, and because he happened to be tapping into this trend, he has absolutely, you know, exploded off the page with his business. I mean, I think $76 million worth of shoe sales in less than 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah, huge. It's a huge, huge trend if you do it right. So, but what I saw when I was still working for the very big advertising agencies as a global creative director and, you know, kind of all over the world with that sort of stuff is that people are buying differently. And this started back with, you know, the body shop and places like that that started doing fair trade and offering, you know, there was all that um, an absolute demand from the public that companies behave more responsibly, and that came with the Internet. And I have lots of articles on this that I can tell you about later when we get there. But long and the short of it is people started waking up and demanding that their money be spent with companies that they could relate to. They they were tired of the corporate greed, Right. So what a double bottom line does is it marries corporate greed with social need. And this is a trend that has grown and grown across the planet. And so it's now um, one of the explanations for it is that people are realizing that their vote may not be the thing that changes the world, right? There's a lot of red tape in politics. So what we have done is we've shifted into the business sector to make our difference, and we started voting with our wallets. And we now are armed with all the information that Google provides, so a company really can't hide behind this, oh, I give 10% back, because everybody now knows that's a glorified tax return. Right. What they want to see is the positive impact that their purchase is making in the world. It's a direct line. Again, an example, buy a pair of shoes, give a pair of shoes. You know right away. You can even, as a consumer, go on a shoe drop with Tom's. You can pay to get on a plane and go to these third world countries where they're giving away the shoes. It's completely transparent. It's completely open. And it's how people feel good about spending their money. Look, we all work hard for money. Everybody's always going to have a sale that outsell, you know, that's cheaper than someone else. Everybody's right. always going to say, I've got great service. Everybody's always going to have credentials on their wall. What you need to do now is relate to a consumer and create a common ground. And you can do that through your brand. That was a branding message that Tom put out. That was an right. advertising. They backed it up 100% with their business model but it was absolutely done through their messaging, and that's branding, that's marketing, and that's when I took my huge corporate background and thought, wow, yeah. how can, because this is also the age of the smaller business, the solopreneur, like people are meant to put themselves back out there, right? Right. So they're doing that, and when they do it in this way, they can compete with the big guys because they have something to offer the big guys' own. It's a bigger heart. You can do that when you're in charge of your business. You can do that when you're not answering to a you know, a board room for your decisions. And do you think that people, do you think that the, the consumer va- in in our current uh, economy values this more than a sale? Yes, okay. I do. Now, I can give you some stats if you want on that because sure. they're pretty staggering. Um, here are just a few. Here's one from Forbes magazine. More than 88% of consumers think companies should try to achieve their business goals while improving society and the environment. Wow. So that's more than three quarters. That's one stat. Um, 
So I know they're demanding it and they're asking for it. And if you yeah. look at where investment dollars are going and where purchases are going, they're going that way. Now, we live in a big world. There's billions of people in it, and there certainly are still people buying for sales. Sure. But if you've got a company like Forbes saying 88% are looking at this, my question to you is do you want to market to 88% or to 22%? Right. Where are you more likely to succeed? And I'm in the business of helping people succeed, so I only work with businesses right. who are willing to work on a double bottom line because otherwise I believe I'm setting you up on an old business model. There yeah. are many, many studies and many, many books talking about how we've shifted from the me economy into the we economy. Yeah, right. We are globally connected now through technology, and that connects us personally. So um, and you mentioned marketing. So how does this help with with marketing communication? How does it – it feels to me like it would actually on some level make it easier because you have something to talk about that's more than your business. Well, absolutely, and this is this is our social media department has just sort of been exploding because we now specialize in conscious consumer conversations. What does that mean? We're not just that just means we're not just out there trying to sell something to you. We're trying to connect with you because when you have a double bottom line, you have humanity in your brand. Yeah. Right, and so you can yeah. speak to someone on a human level. You create a common ground with everybody who has an interest with what you not just what you're selling, but how you're selling it and who you're helping. Right? So you actually can triple your audience, your marketing audience, when you create a double bottom line because let's just take shoes since we've been using it for example. Sure. You have the market that everyone has, somebody looking for a pair of shoes. Right. Then you suddenly have the market, if you come up with what's the shoes, Tom's, of everybody who wants to help a child, everybody who cares about the community where that family – okay, so you're, you're little, you got your little concentric circle that just went kaboom, right? Yeah. It just got huge because who doesn't want to help a child? And then on top of that, you also open yourself up. The government is giving money to for-profit organizations that can make a difference way bigger than non-for-profit because the fact of the matter is the more money you can make, the more good you can do. And if you're fighting to keep your doors open, you can't do a lot of good. So the double bottom line is all for profit. I am all for people making money because, again, the more you make, the more good you can do. It's like this positive catch-22. The more good you do, the more good you make. It's like an upward spiral, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. you automatically, I mean, you have to really, people are savvy. Consumers are savvy. Again, they're armed with all the information that Google can provide, and they're talking to one each other, one another yeah. through reviews and everything else. Right. So you have to be operating with integrity in the business world to be able to tap into this 88% that we're talking about. So you need to, before you go out there and just say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, you really have to put a brand foundation in place that says, this is who we are as a company. You know, your business sells something. Your brand's very different. It helps you sell that thing, but it does it in a unique way. So once you get that foundation in place, that's when you can start marketing to your much bigger audience in a really effective way because there's no, um, you know, there's no bull to it. It's for real. People yeah, I'm check so up glad that you said that. I know, it's so true, and I'm so glad that you said that because you can almost feel a rush of people running out and just hanging something, you know, just, just like hanging a sign. But if they really don't have a um, commitment to it and a real sense that this is our company, people are going to see right through it. Yeah, and then they're never going to believe anything else you say because you've broken their trust. Right. And I know I'm using really human words, but that's the way people are purchasing now. And it's happening across the globe. And, in fact, America's a little behind. Other countries were way ahead on this. 
they started spending their money this way sooner. And that's where I saw it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 it's time for this to happen. Back Boy, home. no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, I love yeah, what you I said about for small business, it's, some, it's a way that they can compete totally. on a more level playing field. Yeah, it's why I stepped out of kind of the ivory tower and founded something. So I was like, this yeah. is the way forward. And, and I think the bigger companies will be the last ones. I think the small to medium-sized companies will show the way in the 21st century. It's a very different marketplace. It's a very different purchase point decision-making process. So I have a question for you about um, – because you were talking a little about social media and that that these companies are talking about conscious consumers. Well, I mean, that's not what they're talking about, but they're they're interacting on a more human level, which is attracting people to them. But So when they're communicating – so we're going to hopefully go into sort of the order of things, how a company would decide what it is they wanted to get behind, how it created their brand or fit with their brand and, and all of that. But when they're communicating via social media, are they – like what is the Tom's guy talking about? Is he talking about these impoverished countries? Is he talking about – how organizations are making a difference in these countries. What is he communicating that isn't selling? So he's showing the difference he's making. You're so you're showing shoes on his feet. You're seeing everyday consumers who are lining up, you know, in a waiting line to go on these shoe drops. They're showing so they're not like out there trying to bleed hearts, right? Oh, these right. poor people, blah blah blah. No, they're walking their talk, and that's what good marketing does. Okay. You know, it talks the walk kind of thing. So they're out there just like you'll – their Facebook page is amazing. Every picture is inspiring. And you know what? When you inspire people, they follow you. You don't have to do yeah. that. Right. That's the key. Everybody's talking about this law of attraction. I'm like the key word in attraction is act, A-C-T. Do yeah. something that is inspiring and you will bring people to you. I mean, I can't – you know, no, Steve Jobs didn't sit around talking about how cool a computer would be. Right. He was poor, living in a garage and building it himself, you know, dropping out of school and doing things that seemingly weren't very smart. But he was following his passion and he was inspiring a ton of people to do the same. And look what he built. Right. Right? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I just love that. Do something that is inspiring and you will bring people to you. Yeah, people chase inspiring brands. It's not the other way around. Nobody's okay. lining up outside, you know, um, not you know, any other phone store to buy a phone. Right. And I'll be honest with you, iPhone doesn't have the best camera. I love Apple, but they don't have the best of everything in their, you know, in their phones right now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the cameras in some of the other um, phones are really, really wonderful. Some of the other phones have better sound, but everybody loves Apple. Everybody wants to be a part of that community because of what it stands for. It's innovation. It's it's technology in the hands of the common man. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, think differently what's possible. Let me give you the tools to see what's possible rather than tell you what's possible. Again, acting. Yep. That's true marketing. It's behavior. It's brand behavior, not just brand chatter. Chatter is a chatter over. So, so this is so interesting for me. When, when I lived in Detroit, um, I worked for a company that worked for the big three. Everyone did, you know, in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Worked for the big three automotive. And it was back when Ford came out with quality is job one. And they meant it from the very, very top down. 
So, and the only reason I'm talking about this is because it's this belief thing that, that I wanted to tap into that you said because it, it's not the social thing at all. But from the very, very top, they said, that's it. Quality is job one. This is who we are. And, and it really infiltrated the entire organization. So General Motors said, ooh, we better latch on to something. I don't even remember what they picked because they didn't believe it at all. And so it didn't work. So no one remembers it. And it felt really, really flat. Because there wasn't any real belief system behind it. So, and that's the whole reason I bring that up, that you, that the company really has to embrace whatever, whoever they're going to be, in order for it to really resonate with other people. Yeah, and to embrace, they have to know. They have to know yeah. who they are. Like, you have to get the brand essence. We have something in our propriety system called internal branding which you, we have to go inside and figure it all out before you go outside and talk to anyone because otherwise, if you're not clear and you're not confident, that's coming through. Yeah, no kidding. It just will. And, you know, Ford is another great company. Henry Ford was amazing. He was visionary. Yeah. Like you look up some of his quotes and he says, a business that makes nothing but money isn't much of a business. Right. And you know what he did? He gave people freedom. He expanded the boundaries in which we live in our day-to-day yeah. lives. He was selling something way more than a car. And that's another company that created a legacy. And we're yeah. all here to create a legacy. It doesn't have to be worldwide. But we all want something said about us at our 80th birthday that isn't, boy, they made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> right? We put so much of our lives into our business. It, 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 yeah. it takes a lot out of us. It needs to give back. It needs to start giving back. And that happens when we create meaning. When we create meaning in the lives of the other, it creates meaning in our own lives. And as long as you got to make money somehow, why not make meaning at the same time? Exactly. So do you think that the when we talk about small businesses, do you think that they uh, even know what their brand is? I have seen the vast majority of small businesses who have to just um, who operate more as a business than a brand. Let's put yeah. it that way. They don't have, and I understand it, you know, you got to keep the doors open, and you don't have the means with which to perhaps hire a marketing department or um, a marketing manager or really put some time into the forward thinking. But that's also the very thinking that will sink you, right? Because yeah. then you'll only, until you get something bigger coming in, you can't think bigger, Right? But they're saying, I can't think bigger until I get something bigger coming right. in. Right. <laughs> That's like the negative catch-22. When I talked about the spiral going upward before, this is the spiral going downward. Can you, fully can you, can you um, explain the difference between a business and a brand? Yes, I would love to. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So a business, let me put it super simple. A business has sells something, a good or a service. I sell guitars. I sell guitar lessons. Right? Okay. A brand stands for something. Oh. Right? So as I said, Henry Ford sold cars. He stood for freedom. Got it. Okay, now a double bottom line brand doesn't just stand for something. It stands with something. It stands with someone. Right? Tom stood with these communities that were burying their children and came up with a way to solve it. And I don't know that he thought that deeply when he did it, but, again, he tapped into it. Yeah, right. And that is where today's marketplace is heading. That is where society is trending. That is where, you know, the buying trends are, you know, have been holding steady and only growing. 
only growing. Like if we go back to the stats I was telling you about, 75% of consumers are willing to pay more for a product from a socially responsible company. Ah, that's. I was wondering about that. Yeah, they'll pay more. They'll drive further. People, um, like people, are leaving huge corporations to work at Tom's. Tom's not paying them anything what a Sony would pay them, right? Yeah. But they want meaning in their lives. So you have better recruiting. You're apt to get better people. All these millennials, all over 70% of the millennials, are not just taking jobs with anyone. They either want to start their own company or work for a company that means something. So it improves your recruiting. It improves your productivity because your workforce is more excited to come to work. They're not just making money for the person at the top. They're making right. a difference, right? Suddenly the personal brand within a professional brand, which every single employee should have if you want them to truly be passionate about what they do with you, for you, or through you, comes to life. So productivity goes up. Sales go up. Marketing circles expand. Who you can talk to and how you can talk to them expands. Everything gets bigger when you tap into these trends, and these are you know, nationwide trends. Again, Burston, Mars, Teller, Forbes. These are big, huge companies. Wharton School of Business. These, I'm giving you these stats from really well-established business experts. Wow. So uh, I want to take a, a quick um, sponsor break, but I want to say before I do that as you were saying that, the feeling that the sense that I got was this feels like it can be really big and therefore for small business owners uh, scary. So when we come back from the other side of the break, I want to talk about that. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I, I know you have a way of dealing with that. So, at this time, however, I would like to remind our listeners that today's show is sponsored by the Family Business Forum. Please visit www.familybizforum.com to learn more about how this program can help you grow your family business. And if you'd like to participate in today's show and you are in the chat room, please type something in and I will share it with our guests. If you're on the phone, you can press 1. And that will let me know that you have something to say. Our guest today is Mary Carol Powers, and we are talking about uh, what is a double bottom line brand and um, the value of having one. So, Mary Carol, yeah. before the break I said um, that I think this can feel big and a little overwhelming for a small business owner. So what would you tell them? Well, you know, that's really interesting because there's a whole human element to that and there's a whole business element to that. But as a business leader, I would first want to know why success is overwhelming and frightening, <laughs> right? Because why are you in business if not to succeed? Right, right. And do you truly enjoy treading water or staying just ahead? Yeah. Right? Yeah. My job is to make people thrive. Anyone, we're all in it to survive. That's baseline. So what do you need to thrive? And I'm not saying you'll go to zero to 180 overnight. Tom's built right. their success, right? But the minute you start making more money, you have the resources to hire the help you need. You have the resources to um, step out and do, you know what I mean, step out yeah. of the day-to-day stuff and really start building a brand because the truth is a brand will build your business for you. Right. A brand does that work for you. You're not sitting there dreaming up things to say, trying to figure out other ways to cut into your profit in order to make the sale, right? So I would say to a business owner, please don't think too far ahead. Yeah, right. What's your next best step? 
what's the goal now, what's the goal next year, what's the goal in five years. Like, if you want to grow your sales, you have to water your business. Yep. Right? Yep. And nothing will do that more than creativity, branding, proper marketing, and true integrity in your communications. That's Otherwise, there's, you know, yeah, advertising wouldn't be a multi-million dollar field, and the vast majority of it's doing it wrong because there's not a ton of integrity out there. And right, you don't have a terribly good a message. Yeah. No, no, there's there's a few of them, and the few that are great are just wonderful. Yeah. But um, you know, the rest of them, and again, people are seeing through them. But Tom's never did a huge advertising campaign. They got their word out there. You can do that. We live in a world. Like, social media can be so powerful. Yeah. But if you're just out there chattering, nobody's going to listen. Right. Right? you got to have something to say. There's a big difference between talking and having something to say. Yeah. And that's the, business between, the difference between business and branding. A brand will give you something to say that's meaningful because we're putting meaning around your product or your service. Okay. So if I'm a small business owner... How do I decide what my cause, so to speak, is going to be? Okay, so the first thing you have to do, again, I spoke a little bit about how we have an internal branding process. First, you have to know who you are because it makes no sense if if you're selling guitars, again, for your cause to be necessarily hunger. Right? You might right. your cause might be something different. You really want it all to be cohesive. Okay. The word integrity doesn't just mean like to act with morals. It means to be whole. To have all the pieces fit together into a whole circle, right? Yeah. So first know who you are. You know, you have three internal branding pillars. Who, why, and how. So know why you're doing what you're doing. And from your why, then you can look out and see how. Right, who to connect with, how to connect with them. So the first thing you have to do is build a brand. Then you can create a double bottom line for your brand. Okay. Because you want that to create, that has to create a, a common ground with your consumers. So it can't be just about you, right? Right. It's about the community that you're building. So you have to kind of know who you are to know who might fit into your community. And you can't be worried about having everyone in your community. That's when it gets overwhelming, when you're trying to please people versus express who you are as a business. So that's so interesting because I earlier I had been thinking, I think it was uh, before you mentioned the 88%, and I was thinking, so do you tap into what people care about, which apparently the answer is no, and thank goodness you, you tap into what makes sense with your brand and what is meaningful for you, and that will attract those people. Absolutely. Okay. Otherwise, the falseness is going to come through. Right? Think yeah. about in your life any time you try to do something to please someone else. First and foremost, it's not true to who you are. Therefore, you're yeah. not coming from a place of passion. You're coming from a place of fear and questioning. Because what someone else wants can always change. Who you are is who you are. It can grow. It can adapt but it's who you are. Your passions are your passions. There's a reason you're doing what you're doing. There's always a reason in there why. So first of all, you you brought it back to yourself. And instead of disempowering your business by trying to please be something different to everyone, you've empowered your business to be what it is and to grow as what it is. If it's surviving, it can thrive, bottom line. It can. You just have to start feeding it differently. 
Wow. So once you know who you are, then you want to go out there, right? You want to you want to share who you are. And then you bring your ideal customers to you. Not those people that are going to question, I don't know, do I really want to pay that much? Do I really want this? You want your ideal customers. Yeah. Trust me, there's millions of them. Everybody did not want to buy a pair of Tom's shoes. The whole world didn't. And still they made plenty of money by standing right. for something. If you don't stand for something, you know, it's that old edge. If I stand for nothing, I fall for everything. Yeah. You know, what you'll do is you'll create this marketing message and you'll pour all this money into it. And it won't really work, or it won't work as well as you want it to. So then you'll go back to square one, and you'll do it all over again. Okay, well, let's let's do another study. Let's do another focus group. What are people thinking now? What's what 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 can we you know? No, here's who you are. Here's how you talk. Apple has always been who Apple is. Right. They have grown, and because of that, we trust them to not just make computers, but to make music devices. Right. They've changed yeah. the automotive industry. People are now designing around them with the adapters. They didn't do that by trying to please anybody. They did that by being who they were and catching the attention of the world. And and, and uh, well, I would say Starbucks did the same thing. Yeah, well, Starbucks. You know, they they redefined an industry. I give them huge props for that. Yeah, there was no such thing as grande vente. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a cup of coffee? We <laughs> put some cream exactly. in exactly. They've they've created a language in into themselves. Yeah. Which yeah, and you know they do a lot of good. There's a lot of people that love them. There's a lot of people that don't love them, like any brand. But it doesn't matter because enough people love them that they are thriving. So and and I think that's a, a really great point that um, I I, I want to make sure everybody hears because too often. Small business owners think that a they want all the business, which I don't. That that's out. They want you know complete market share, which I don't believe they do, and they get this idea that they have to capture. They they have to market to everybody, and you're so much more successful when you realize there's people who are going to do business with you and people who aren't, and so when you stay true to who you are and true to your message and you know what an ideal client looks like. You draw them to you. That, that's part of that law of attraction thing. It's back to that inspiring thing. Yeah. You know, some people are going to be inspired by some things and some people aren't. Even Chevy makes cars in different colors because everybody doesn't want the same thing. Right. Right, so you're really coming from this very small place when you want everybody because you're afraid. Yep. And you just want to gobble, 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 gobble up. And believe me, I'm going to say it again. I come from a marketing background. I believe in making money. I don't think it's the root of all evil. I think you can use it to change the world. Business right. as a force of good, but the first part of business is making money. Yeah. You have to have to be a healthy company before you can ever create a healthy world. Right? Absolutely. So I'm not talking about oh do good for the sake of good. I'm I call it good money because it's good for everyone. Yeah. Company makes good money and the world receives good out of it. Yeah. You know, these are business trends. I think a lot of people talked about this in terms of doing the right thing for years, and I love, you know, I love that. I believe in doing the right thing. But I'm telling you right now, as a person who globally steered accounts, very, very large, you know, McDonald's, Samsung, Anheuser-Busch, State Farm, like very, very large global accounts, this is what's working in the world. This, you know, venture capitalism has gone from $12 million to over $450 billion in like 15 years. People don't invest in businesses that are failing. People invest 
to make money. Right. That's what venture capitalists do, right? The reason they're investing in double bottom line brands and green companies is because those are the companies people are buying from. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, this is as, as much as it sounds like do good. This is smart business. Yeah. I mean, I'm a businesswoman first and foremost. I would never take a company's money and give them what I thought wouldn't help them succeed. Right. Right. But but she, I mean, but seriously, at the end of the day, in order to do good, you have to have the financial wherewithal to be able to do it. Totally. So, yeah. So, it it all as you said before, it all feeds each other. And and one of the things that I like, well, I shouldn't say that. Let me ask you a question because I was about to say that one of the things I like about it is that for the business owner who wants to make money, which they all should unless they're a nonprofit, um, but for the for-profit companies that want to make money, they could see this as a tool. However, the reason I stopped myself is they have to be really careful with that. That can't be the only reason that they do it or it's going to fall flat. Well, they have to follow through. You have to walk your talk. Okay. Right? So if you, I mean, I know a lot of people that got into things for the wrong reasons but ended up better for it. Right? You might change business. Business might change you when you do it this way. Right. So if you're just doing it to make money, well, you're in, you're a business person. That's okay. But I I would bet everything in my bank account that once you start seeing the change you make in the world, that's going to make you love your job more. Yeah. The more you love your job, the more passion you put into it, the more money you make. It is another positive spiral. You start having people work for you that aren't trying to cut out early, that aren't like, you know, just playing on Facebook all day long, just, you know, right. showing up kind of right. thing because people care. It's yeah. like, it, it, it again, it's not like ooey-gooey talk that I'm talking about. You want, I mean, high morale is less t- turnover. You know how much money companies spend training people, recruiting right. people? Yeah. This all comes back to the first bottom line. It's it's real business smarts. And it does happen to be also really good for the world, which makes me happy. Like, that's me bringing my business exactly. money. Exactly. happen to have the branding and the marketing background. I came through the ranks as a creative writer. Yeah. So I see the trends, and then I know how to weave them into a message that works. That was my training, right? So yeah. that's what I did with this whole process. I created a process that that will help you make money and make the world a better place. And, okay, so I have a, what may sound like a, an offshoot question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and that is that some people talk about a triple bottom line. Uh-huh. Can you... Uh, Tell, to explain what the difference is between that and the double bottom line. Absolutely, and, and okay. that's a great question. Thanks for asking. Okay. Um, so the triple bottom line—that's actually a UN sanction. So again, like I said, a lot of these things erupted globally before they really hit America. So the triple bottom line is people, planet, prosperity. Mm. So you take care of people. You take care of the planet. You you know, you create business models that are environmentally friendly. There's a whole B Corp that has sprung up now as a whole new business model, yeah, right? right. Which is wonderful. But yeah. the B Corp is how a business behaves internally. So the double bottom line, as I said, I focused in on two of the three, people and prosperity. Yeah. Because those are what are going to tap you into the buying trends. That is what's going to help you 
make money. Now, as a company, born in the double bottom line, I, I encourage people to be Corp all the time. Why would you not want, you know, if you could buy your paper from one place versus the other, why wouldn't you want to buy it from a sustainable company? Why wouldn't right. you want to do it that way? Again, only going to help you market it. These B Corp companies, they are so loyal in their networking, so loyal. They create so much business for each other. It's amazing. But the double bottom line is the business model where I talked about the figure eight. So I took the two things that could funnel into each other to create the profit. And then that third bottom line can and should come in, but it's not necessarily your branding message. It's not going to be how you market, how you expand your community, and how you reach out. You know, the whole notion of target market is gone. We're not going to put a target on somebody's back and shoot them like we're hunting them. That's not what sales are working like now. We're community. We're connecting I believe in you, I want to support you, I believe in your cause, so not only am I going to buy for you, I'm going to jump on my Facebook page and send your message out. That's how businesses are growing. And the things that get shared aren't, they're either really funny or they're really moving. That's what gets shared on social media. Right? Interesting. Well, sure, of course. That's the We're not all sharing things that bring you down. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh my God, look what this company did. How cool. I mean, it's just, it's a huge, huge trend. Billionaire Richard Branson put out a book called Screw Business as Usual, meaning business as usual is businesses that are only in business for themselves. Yes. He's given out money left and right to companies that are doing good. There's another billionaire in Silicon Valley that gave out $100,000 to kids to drop out of college and start a business that would make a difference in the world. Wow. This is huge. This is really, really huge. And we're not all young kids, right? We all have families. We have rooms of our head. We have mouths to feed. So my system became like, all right, everybody just can't quit their job to do what they love. Some of us need to stay where we are. So how can we turn that into something more powerful and something more meaningful? And you just infuse the second bottom line, and it all starts to grow and build. Okay, so, so, all right, um, so let's go back to, to the process. So we start with who am I? And yeah, so to, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, go. Go ahead. The first thing you have to do is build a brand, okay? okay. You've got to have a brand first. So you've got to turn your business into a brand. Okay. And then you can turn your brand into a double bottom line brand. But, again, you've got to know who you are before you, want to, before you can really figure out who to help. Because I'm sure there's lots of people you would want to help. Sure, right. Or there's lots of positive impacts you would want to make. Yes. But you got to pick the one that makes the most sense, the most yeah. business sense, right? It's not just, oh, my, you know, my grandma Fanny loved animals, so I'm going to help with shelter. Yeah. It's like, well, wait a minute, what? that's awesome, but let's think about what makes the most sense for your brand because these your bottom lines are going to be tied together. Your marketing message is going to be tied together, right? So you want it to make the most sense, but until you know who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, until you're doing this whole internal branding to figure all that out. And trust me, all the biggies have this. They have a brand brief is what it's called, like in, in the big marketing playing fields. And it's it's not a small document. It's, it's well thought out, and it informs everything, and it saves so much money because you're not going back and remarketing and rebranding and redoing all these things because you've got it all. You do it once, and you really figure it out. And, and then they've it, got that. When you say in, in, internal branding, do you also mean that then 
everyone in the organization understands it, embraces it, and knows how it impacts what they do or how they impact how what they do impacts the brand. So when I say internal branding, I say that's the first step to actual branding and marketing. Okay. That is a company knowing who it is. Can you then take that internally to your culture? Completely. Okay. And once you have an inspiring, you know, brand foundation, I highly encourage that because you want people to want to work for you. You want them to be excited. They'll do a better job. The money you spend them will be better spent. It's as simple as that. But what I'm talking about there is stage one of branding, which is the first step of marketing. First you internally brand, then you externally brand, meaning you take your message outward. Okay. But you've got to get real clear on it first. So the bridge, you know, you've got to really know who you are to create that second bottom line. Okay. Good. Thank you. I I appreciate that because um, what you don't want is, is what you were talking about before where people rush out and just pick something and it, it's not cohesive, it's not, uh, it just it, it doesn't resonate at all with who they are and so it falls flat. And if they do that more than once, I would imagine that no one's even listening if they even landed on the right thing. Yeah, totally. And Or, the, you know, they'll, they'll do it wrong and then they'll say, oh, the trend didn't work. Yeah. Or, you know, or they'll go back and do it again. And they'll be spending yeah. all that money all over again. And I don't think there's a lot of room for that with small to medium-sized businesses. There's not a lot of room for error when you're learn when you're just growing. Right. You know what I mean? And so I don't I don't believe in misspending people's money. Like that's not me helping a company succeed. So, so I think you, you know money, you might pay a little more, but do it right the first time. Don't do it again because at some point you're you're wasting right. way more than you're saving. Right. Truly. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, and you will absolutely spend more doing it the wrong way. Yeah. And the impact will be just terrible. So speaking of that, can you share with my audience how you help smaller, you know, the smaller companies and solopreneurs who might not really have a budget for that full rebranding thing that a larger corporation can do? Yeah, so there's a couple things that we do. Um, And, again, my company is called Branding Powers, and it's brandingpowers.com. And we um, definitely have, you know, we brand people privately and we help market them through social media. And so the way we help small to medium-sized businesses and solopreneurs are, you know, there's a few different things. One, for people who truly can't afford it, we will offer kind of do-it-yourself workshops and intensives. Um, One of them that will be coming up in the fall is from business to brand, which is the very first step of what I was telling you about. Yeah. Company needs to really know what goes into building a brand, right? So we'll give you the what, and then if you go through the program, you often get a discount on the private branding for the how-tos. Ah. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, If you choose to do it yourself, you at least have some sort of a guideline. Yeah. Because, you know, I've... I've read a vast majority of the books out there, and they're just I don't I don't know that I think they're super cohesive, yeah. and I don't know that I think they are written for small to medium sized companies. I think they're written more for budgets, yeah, or they're written because the author wanted to sell a book, yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I also I know for a fact very few of them are written to tap people into the current buying trend. This is the 21st century marketplace is very much a we economy. And so your branding is very different because up until now, branding's always been me. Based, right. Right? Yeah. So 
there's a lot on our website, which is why I say that. There's a lot of um, articles and newsletters and things like that that people can get a better sense of how this all works. And there's some um, past classes that we've just recently finished to help. So that's one way. And another way is if a company um, does want to do personal branding, like I said, we have the creative chops that's kind of one of the big things. A lot of branding companies will do your brand, you know, create a brand before you and then say go figure it out. Right. But if you're a small to medium-sized company, you don't have a marketing department and you don't have an agency of record. Right. So how are you supposed to do that, right? Again, you've got all this valuable, possibly very valuable information, but what do you do with it? You know, implementation is everything. Yeah. So we do have the um, the marketing to help. And that that's, you know, I, I can truly offer that because that's truly my background. That's what I did for years and years. So we will offer payment plans, which is kind of a rare thing in the business of um, advertising and marketing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but but it's like I'm, you know, you I get it. I started my own company. I get, you know, I started from a higher level because I had all this experience and stuff. But I understand budgets, and I won't devalue what we offer. You know, we need to get paid. I need to pay my employees, but I will certainly work with people. And, you know, to talk about those sort of things, that's just a personal email. We have um, free 30-minute consultations to really understand what a brand needs. Right. Because I'm not doing a one-size-fits-all branding because, you know what, every business is in a different place. Yeah. Right? So you really talk about it and you look at it. And what's the most responsible next step for you? Maybe we break your branding down into three phases. Right? Maybe you already have a great brand, but you really need help with implementation. So we just move you straight into creating a double bottom line and helping market you. There's lots and lots of different ways to work with people, and I really believe in meeting people where they're at to the best of the ability. I think that's how you help them succeed. I do, too. I agree Um, with that. Yeah, so if if anybody's interested in that, that's super simple. They just reach out to creativecare at brandingpowers.com. And um, it's C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E-C-A-R-E at brandingpowers.com. And um, my assistant will get to me with whatever that message is, and we will um, we'll go ahead and set that up. Uh-oh. I just What's got there? a, a – something. well, because I just got something in the chat room that says, hoping there will be a recording of this for listeners. The show is cutting out so much I can't really hear much of it. That's interesting. Uh, thanks, Mimi. I wasn't aware of that. There's always a recording of the show, and it resides on the show page, on my website, and on iTunes in the podcast section. Um, hoping that's your end and not mine, because uh, Mary Carol, I'm hearing you perfectly. So, um, yeah. but I can always check with Blog Talk Radio and see what that is all about. Uh, and if there's something, uh, and it is very interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so now I have a question for you because so you talked about Tom's shoes and and he started out with this whole thing, probably not even realizing that he was. And then we talked some about how a company can implement this. Uh, so it's not as if you have to start this way. You can implement. Uh, down the road, wherever you're at in your business, um, is there any chance you have an example of a small company or solopreneur who has changed, who, who started out the way they were, but then who has adopted this and is seeing the success of that? Um, yeah, you know, we don't 
put many of those on our site right now because we are working with mainly small to medium-sized businesses who sort of covet their internal branding. You know, that's proprietary. Sure, sure. But, for example, as I was beta testing the process, um, there is a chiropractor named it's um, Tri-Level Healing, if you wanted to check out their site, T-R-I-L-E-V-E-L Healing.com. And this is a chiropractor that did way more than chiropractic. He was very involved. He was he had the Western medicine sign in that he was a nurse. Then he went to chiropractic school and along the way picked up a lot of holistic things. So he had a mixture of sort of traditional and holistic medicine, and he brought that all in through his practice and and didn't talk about it at all. Wow. He just had chiropractic services, right? Yeah. So and, and really didn't have a website, which I find amazing, but so many small to medium-sized businesses, again, are so busy trying to keep the doors open or just do the day-to-day stuff that a business right. requires, they don't have time for that. And anymore, you're just not legit because the first thing I as a consumer am doing is checking you out online. We do not make our first impressions in, per- in person. So we created a site for him, and long story short, his business jumped 40% really wow. quickly. Really quickly. You know, then it leveled out because he has to then do the work to implement all that sort of stuff, but it's been steadily um, increasing. Wow, um, that's great. One example. Yeah, there's another um, There's another coaching service that we did work with, which was amazing. I mean, I can go on and on if you want more examples. We just don't put them all on our site. No, no, that's great. That That's wonderful. I appreciate it. I just um, felt that, you know, sometimes what people will do, even though you say anybody can do this, will say, yeah, okay, but, you know, this guy, he was an entrepreneur and he went and he did this. So I, I just wanted them to be able to hear that there's um, – regular folk doing this kind of thing and doing it successfully and seeing really great results. Absolutely. And some people are small like that. And, you know, we were working with a hair salon. That's a $4 million hair salon. But they want to be a $7 million hair salon, right? Yeah, right. So they want to jump. And it's like, that's cool. Because the more money you make, the more people you can help. Like, I'm all for it. It doesn't matter where you are in your plan. If you just have a business idea, you know, if if you actually are just, out there and starting if you've been going for a while and enjoying a modicum of success. Business wow. Is about you know, it's about expansion. It sure is. And making money. Okay. Totally. So. Why <laughs> are you in business not to make money? I had a business coach once when I was uh, younger who said, you know, if you're not making money in your business, you just have an expensive hobby. It's so like, true. so true, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, if I weren't worried about making money, my hobbies would look a little different. I would still be doing a lot of what I'm doing. That's the beauty of a double bottom line business. You know, yeah. I would still be doing this, but I'd probably be a yeah. much better guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd be a better gardener. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I so appreciate you being on the show today and sharing this information with, with everybody. It was just really so great. I have a better understanding of it now, and... Um, I'm hoping everyone listening is going to take you up on your 30-minute consult to see uh, what's going on with them and how you can help them uh, create this sort of success pattern for themselves and heal the world. (laughs) And make a lot of money. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly right. So. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. It was a wonderful conversation, and I really do hope that it helped people listened. Me too. I do too. I I don't know how it couldn't. So 
Uh, I do want to remind our listeners to please visit our sponsor, the Family Business Forum, at www.familybizforum.com. Our next show will be on July 22nd when my guest will be Jeremy Goldman, the author of Going Social, and we will be talking about social customer service. So this is just like such a great segue. Uh, And as always, if you know someone who you think would be a good guest on the show or if there's a topic that you'd like me to cover, uh, please let me know. Uh, You can contact me through the show page at blogtalkradio.com slash dhelbig or on my website, and let me know what you're thinking. I'll be happy to check it out. Thank you all for listening in today, and Mary Carol, thank you. Thanks to our sponsor. Have a great couple of weeks, and hopefully we will be back together again on July 22nd. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.